Once again, we are in the book of Proverbs this morning, and if you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn to chapter 6 of Proverbs. That's where we're going to be beginning. This book, as we've seen throughout our study, is concerned about far more than just the individual person. Uh, You might think as you approach the book of Proverbs that it's all about me being wiser, uh, making wiser decisions, and certainly that's a huge part of it. But much of the wisdom that Proverbs has to offer us is about how societies function best. In other words, how we should relate to other people in our communities. And so this morning we're going to be considering what this ancient book of wisdom has to teach us on the subject of sowing discord, or you could say causing contention uh, between people. Again, this, like other topics that we've covered, is one uh, that shows up quite frequently throughout the book of Proverbs, and it's repeated enough times Uh, I think it certainly deserves our attention. To begin with, we turn to Proverbs chapter 6. We'll get a very good idea here of just how strongly God feels about this particular sin. Of all the language in Proverbs, some of the most severe is reserved for those who cause discord or contention between others. Proverbs 6, beginning with verse 12. A worthless person, a wicked man goes about with crooked speech, winks with his eyes, signals with his feet, points with his finger, with perverted heart, devises evil, continually sowing discord. Therefore, calamity will come upon him suddenly. In in a moment, he will be broken beyond healing. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. We see in this passage that God calls a person who sows discord worthless. Imagine God calling someone worthless, wicked, perverted, evil. He says that such a person will face judgment, calamity will come upon him suddenly. And perhaps most strongly of all, in verse 19, God actually says he hates him. The Lord hates the one who sows discord among brothers, the one who causes others to be at odds with each other. We are never more like Satan than when we sow discord. Now, you might be thinking, well, I never do this. I don't have a problem with this particular sin, but let's think about some ways in which we might. And uh, as we'll look at these, I also want us to consider why we do these things. What is the motivation behind the action? The first on the list in terms of ways in which we sow discord is gossip. I thought for a long time of doing a sermon series uh, someday titled Acceptable Sins about all of the types of sins that Christians, for some reason, have decided just aren't that big of a deal. And right at the top of that list would be the sin of gossip. Gossip is far more destructive of a sin than we realize. It often unnecessarily divides people. It damages reputations and ruins relationships. In other words, it sows discord among brothers. Uh, The Bible is quite clear that gossip is, in fact, a sin, in case you have any question about that. Paul writes in 1 Timothy chapter 5, Besides that, they learn to be idlers, 
going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying what they should not. Again, over in Romans 1, Paul writes, They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Here in this list of unrighteous and evil acts, Paul lists the sin of gossip right alongside sins like murder or hating God. And so to act as though gossip just isn't that big of a deal is to deny the clear scriptural teaching on the subject. Proverbs points out often the way that gossip affects human relationships. And in this case, it's uh, kind of irrelevant if what's being spread is true or false. If it's negative and it's not necessary to tell others, it is gossip. Proverbs 25, verse 23 says, The north wind brings forth rain, and a backbiting tongue angry looks. We create anger and contention between people by backbiting. This is the first way that we sow discord. Picture a group of people uh, standing in a corner at work, they're whispering about someone, and that's, by the way, uh, we'll see that as we go, a very common image uh, in Proverbs for a gossip. They're called a whisperer. Then picture that the person who's being whispered about walks in the room, and suddenly the whole group looks at him and kind of shoots him a dirty look. Uh, That's the image here of what gossip does. It spreads negative feelings between people. Uh, Proverbs 26, verse 20 and following, we read, For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. As charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the innermost parts of the body. Uh, Those first two verses of the section demonstrate how contention starts. Contention always begins with people. Uh, Not circumstances, but people cause contentions. Whispering people or quarrelsome people. And again, that idea of a whisperer is what we would today call a gossip. Uh, Someone who secretly, quietly, behind the back of the person spreads uh, negative information. And this proverb says that gossip fuels contention. Like wood fuels fire. Uh, If you've ever tried to keep a fire going, of course, you have to keep supplying wood or else eventually it will burn out. And that's what is said here about contention. And so if we want to be those who stop contention instead of those who cause it, we need to learn, first of all, to shut down gossip. Don't participate in this common sin. Don't gossip. And also don't let others gossip to you. So if you hear yourself beginning to speak negatively about someone in a way that you wouldn't if they were present, you should probably just stop talking. Stop that habit as early as you can. But also, don't be a good person to gossip to. And here's a very easy way to do this. Uh, We'll get to Matthew 18 in a minute. But next time someone tells you something negative about somebody else, just say, uh, let's go talk to them and uh, see if we can work this out. Let's call them on the phone uh, right now. I guarantee if you do that, Uh, Every time somebody gossips to you, pretty soon they'll stop coming to you with their stories. 
As I said earlier, for each of these ways in which we promote discord or contention that we're going to consider, I want to try to get behind the action to the motive. Why do we gossip? And I think the verse we just read there in Proverbs 26 answers that question. Gossip is compared to a delicious morsel. In other words, gossip is enjoyable in a sort of sick, twisted way. We gossip often as a form of entertainment. It can be fun and addicting to spread things about other people. I think that's what's behind this comparison of snacking on something tasty. Uh, The ESV, again, often translates the word for gossip as a whisperer. The idea being it's sort of a sneaky habit. It's done behind the back of whoever is being discussed. And even when it may be necessary, certainly there are times when you should and need to uh, say something negative about someone else in certain uh, situations, often we still don't need to give as much detail as we are tempted to. It can very quickly uh, become that sort of tantalizing game. One more proverb on gossip, chapter 17, verse 9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Here we're talking less about a rumor that you've heard and more about something that someone actually did to you. This proverb says that love covers offenses. This is a theme we've seen repeated uh, throughout our study of Proverbs. Love covers an offense, whereas a gossip repeats the matter to others. And so if you are at odds with someone else, maybe even for something legitimate that they did against you, resist the urge to turn others against them too. In most cases, the wise and loving thing to do is just to keep that information to yourself. The New Testament offers us a very different approach to interpersonal issues than gossip. In fact, it's quite the opposite, as we'll see. If you know something negative about someone else, or if someone has sinned against you in some way, rather than trying to turn everybody against that person by gossiping about them, we are instead supposed to go directly to the person involved and confront them. Now, here's where Matthew 18 comes in. Jesus taught us in Matthew 18, verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. So this is, again, the exact opposite of the attitude of a gossip. Instead of bashing the brother who sinned against you to anyone who will listen, Jesus tells us, if you have an issue with him, go directly to him, just you and him, and try to work it out. If he listens to you and the matter is resolved, then that's the end of it. Nobody else ever needs to know that it happened. But if he doesn't listen, then verse 16, if he doesn't listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So still, we're not just spreading the negative information to other people. Instead, one or two of us are supposed to go directly to the person. So, you know, gossip is when you just tell them your side of the story, you get other people, you know, all upset about it. That's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, take one or two other brothers with you and go confront the brother again. Seek reconciliation. And only then, after all of those attempts have failed, verse 17, if he refuses to listen to them, then you tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So the goal in all of this process is to keep the circle of information as small as possible. Uh, not spreading it to as many people as, as uh, who will listen, but rather, ideally, we just keep it one-on-one. If that doesn't work, we might get one or two other uh, wise, mature people involved. 
but we're confronting the issue. Uh, confronting an issue is hard. Gossiping to others, that's the easy route. But notice the goal. It's a totally different goal. The goal in gossip is, is discord, contention, turning other people against the person, whereas the goal in this sort of confrontation that Jesus is calling us to is reconciliation. The goal is to actually restore the relationship. And this is the model that Jesus provides for us to solve contention rather than inflaming and prolonging contention. So that's gossip. Secondly, another way we sow discord, aside from gossip, would be slander. And here the difference is that we know what we're saying isn't true. We're either lying about someone else, or, maybe more commonly, we're exaggerating about what they did. I think that last part is especially something we do often uh, without even thinking about it very much. We're prone to exaggeration while we're gossiping, and that's when it turns from gossip, which is bad enough already, into slander. Proverbs repeatedly urges us to resist this temptation as well. Proverbs 30, verse 10 says, Do not slander a servant to his master, lest he curse you and you be held guilty. So don't slander, uh, basically this proverb is saying, because it's always possible that the person you are speaking about may, or the person you're speaking to rather, may end up finding out the truth and they'll catch you in your lie. Uh, I'm one of these people who likes to verify things that I hear, and uh, often I don't tell people. I just do this so that I can know whether or not I can trust them. Uh, This happened recently to me at work. Somebody told me something about somebody else, and uh, I just didn't quite believe it. And so I ended up working with them a couple of days later, and I just sort of subtly brought it up uh, to hear their side of the story. And sure enough, the report that I had heard was extremely exaggerated. And now I know I can't really trust that person who told me that. Uh, So don't slander, first of all, because you never really know who might find out that you're exaggerating or lying. Secondly, more to the point of this sermon, don't slander because it's one of the ways we unnecessarily sow discord among others. Again, it's a very sinister uh, sort of sin. It's, It's very evil motivations behind this. Proverbs 25, verse 18, a man who bears false witness against his neighbor is like a war club or a sword or a sharp arrow. Spreading lies about others can be as harmful as hitting them with a club, striking them with a sword, or shooting them with an arrow. Now, that may seem like weird comparisons, but even in modern-day English, we have a very similar expression for such behavior. We call it stabbing them in the back. We recognize the damage that can be done through our words, through negative words that we're spreading behind the backs of others. And if we're trying to avoid this sin of sowing discord that God hates so severely, at the very least, we should be careful that our words always be truthful. Uh, Even again, in those situations where it may be necessary uh, to give a negative report of someone in a way that isn't gossiping, we still need to resist the urge to exaggerate or to lie, to add things that would make the person we're criticizing appear even worse than they really are. One more problem on this, chapter 16, verse 28. A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. Once again, I want to ask the question, why do we do this? What makes us tempted to exaggerate and lie about the negatives of other people? I think at least part of the answer is that it makes us feel better about ourselves. Uh, We want to be critical of others 
because it makes us look superior. Or it's also possible we just dislike the person, and so we exaggerate or lie about them so others that we're speaking to will despise them as well. But in either case, slander and gossip alike are, I think, some of the primary ways that we commit this sin of sowing discord, creating a problem between other people that often isn't even necessary. One final category to consider this morning, a third way that we sow discord, is by stirring up anger, meaning maybe two people are already at odds, there's an issue uh, between two people. We, as a friend or an influencer in this situation, we can either seek to pacify the situation or we can make it worse by encouraging the anger. Proverbs 26, verse 17. Whoever meddles in a quarrel, not his own, is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. Now, there's a very easy proverb to understand. If you grab a passing dog by the ears, you're likely to get bit. And if you meddle in a quarrel between others, you're likely to get yourself in trouble. The wise approach is either to not involve yourself in the dispute or... If you have the opportunity, if you have some influence, seek for peace and reconciliation. And that may be through just calming the person down who's angry, often uh, helping them to realize that they might be overreacting, or if it is a legitimate issue, it may be, like we talked about in Matthew 18, confronting with humility, with prayerfulness, seeking to restore the relationship. But needlessly meddling in a quarrel implies that we're making things worse. Uh, Here's another proverb with a similar idea. Proverbs 15, verse 18. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. So you've got these two paths. You can either be the one who stirs up a contention and makes it worse, or you can be a wise man who quiets it. Fools get involved in contentions between others and make them worse. They stir up strife. Now, when we're kids, this is really obvious. You may have uh, this picture, maybe at school, you've seen two kids, they start yelling at each other, they're in each other's face, and pretty soon, some of the other kids start to say, fight, fight, fight. You know, they're all encouraging the contention to escalate. As adults, we do the same thing, though not as obviously. We talk to people who are upset, and often, we're not really trying to help fix the situation or calm things down, but rather we're encouraging and stirring up their anger against that other person. Often angry people will feed off of their friends and it'll just sort of intensify their bad feelings. Wise people turn away wrath. They seek for peace instead of meddling in the situation and making things worse. Proverbs 29 verse 8, uh, I love this image, says scoffers set a city aflame, but the wise turn away wrath. So a scoffer or a fool, he just causes contention uh, all over the place. Everybody's bickering and fighting with each other because of his influence. Whereas a wise person seeks peace. One more on this chapter, verse, uh, I'm sorry, one more on this uh, topic. Chapter 30, verse 33 says, For pressing milk produces curds, pressing the nose produces blood, and pressing anger produces strife. Again, there's a very straightforward image uh, from Proverbs. When someone is already angry, pressing them and encouraging that anger will only produce conflict. The wise person doesn't seek to intensify contentions between others, but to solve them. And so if you have a friend and they come up to you, they're all upset about someone else, uh, what would cause you 
to encourage their anger against them. Again, trying to get behind the action to the motive. What is it that causes us to do this? It could be like gossip, a childish form of entertainment. could be that we just uh, don't ever want to tell our friend that they're overreacting, and so we sort of encourage their anger in order to take their side of the conflict, in which case we're not a very good friend. Or it could be, again, we just dislike the person that they're angry at, and so we want to stir up those negative feelings and get them to despise the person just like we do. But no matter the motive, all of it is quite ugly and unbecoming of a Christian. Sowing discord is one of the top sins that God hates. It angers him. We saw that very clearly in Proverbs 6. And so as wise people who are seeking to please our Lord... We ought to strive for the opposite attitude. Instead of creating or encouraging conflict through gossip and slander, stirring up anger, instead we ought to be seeking for peace. Proverbs 12, verse 20. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but those who plan peace have joy. This is sort of the Old Testament equivalent of what Jesus famously said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. No behavior is more Christ-like than making peace, and no behavior is more demonic than sowing discord. There are many biblical examples we could consider about what it looks like to be a peacemaker, but perhaps the best is the story in the Old Testament we looked at a few weeks ago of Abigail. You remember that contention really over nothing of significance David and Nabal are so mad at each other, eventually David and his warriors come in and they're about to attack and kill Nabal and all of his men. And in that intense situation, Abigail acted as the peacemaker. She solved the contention. And for this, she was commended as wise. And that's the point of all of this. Proverbs shows us that it is foolish, in addition to being sinful, to stir up contention or to sow discord between people. Gossip, slander, spreading negative things about others or encouraging their anger towards someone else. All of this is behavior of fools. It's the behavior of scoffers in Proverbs, whereas the wise are peacemakers. Not only do they not cause contention, they don't sow discord, but they actively seek to make peace. One more verse as we close, Romans 14, verse 19. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Let's pray together.